For me, it's 8.35 p.m. on October 21st, 2022. But for you, it's another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I am your host, Kyle, and with me in my ever-evolving second chair is the only person I could have had on this episode, Kaylee. Finally, welcome back to The Media Files. Thank you. It's been a very long time. What was the last one? Do you remember? <laughs> no. I do. <laughs> What was it? I have no idea. I don't remember at all. Was it the Christmas one? Might have been the Christmas one. From last year? <laughs> yeah. Not a shot was that. Maybe that's it. last I remember because I remember thinking, gosh, I giggle too much. There's got to be something else in the meantime. That was 10 months ago. Well, I haven't seen you in a long time. Bruce, that's how, not true. how the heck are you? <laughs> well, I'm doing okay. Really wish I hung out with Kaylee more, I guess. <laughs> She's real busy. Really wish I could get you on the podcast more often. Got a dog and disappeared from the world. Oh. <laughs> that was a mistake. I mean, I I've been to your house multiple times in the past like month and you've never been there. I know. I was I was working in your backyard. I was shoveling I rocks. We built a fire? Did he tell you what I did? I saw the remnants, the charred remnants well, in the backyard. Well, I was I was scraping a pentagram around the fire. Oh yeah, he did say that. With a shovel? Yeah. And there was someone there I didn't know. Who was that? Rick. His sure. friend Rick, yeah. Rick would be all into that. Oh, was, I, I thought I made him nervous. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like he'd be there for that, but maybe he believes in stuff like that? I don't know. Oh, well. So, not... Rick, if you listen, I know you don't believe stuff like that, but maybe you're more respectful of things like that than maybe... Than I you am. You and Jeff are. <laughs> <laughs> like a pentagram. Ha ha! Uh, like board out here. Yeah. Someone jump in! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, but it was fun. Yeah, it that's was a good time. I mean, I very, very, very much appreciate it. So. How's the backyard looking? The same. So, it hasn't yeah. changed Well, at I all. had somebody over, and now Jeff and I need to look at money. Yeah, oh, that's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Because now the next part's expensive, and but the dog brings in a lot of dirt, and I'm done with that. So. Oh, definitely. We need we need The dog it. or the dirt? The dirt. The oh, dog, okay. I'd love if he didn't lie in the dirt and then bring it into my house. Sure, sure. Or lay. Yeah. Is this Jeff or the actual dog? Quite quite frankly, sometimes I don't know which one I would keep. (laughs) (laughs) This week we are talking about The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. On this fast fallen beneath trees of stone The lies in the tower no longer my home Past eyes of pale fire Black sand for my bed I trade all I've known for The unknown ahead Call to me, call to me Lands far away For I must now wander This wandering day Away I must wander This wandering day The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, is a prequel television show to the Lord of the Rings series that we all know and love. Set some thousands of years prior to the events of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power follows various peoples throughout Middle-earth as a dark power is set to rise again, that known as Sauron. It premiered on Amazon Prime on September 1st, 2022, and concluded its ninth and final episode of the first season, after which many more are planned. The Rings of Power stars Morfid Clark, Robert Aramayo, Nazanin Boniadi, Lloyd Owen, Owen Arthur, Markella Cavanaugh, Daniel Wayman, Charlie Vickers, and many others. This is a vast, sprawling cast, vast, sprawling show. 
mm-hmm. an epic of a show. And um, both you and I come to this discussion with various histories of Lord of the Rings in our own life. Yes. And uh, I, sh- I should say we're not going to talk about the big major um, spoilers about the end of this season. We're just not going to do it. If you want to know, go watch the show. Um, but we will talk about a lot of the things that do happen in this show as we talk about the show. Um, but yeah, tell me about uh, where you are coming from into this show as a uh, Lord of the Rings fan or not fan or. Okay. First of all, we are both huge Tolkien fans. And then I was embarrassed for both of us because you're like, I'm the biggest Tolkien fan. I was like, I'm, I named my diary after Samwise Gamgee you when I was like 12 years old. And I realized we've been friends for four years, almost five years now. Time. And we never talked about it. So how big of Tolkien fans really are we? Okay. So, <laughs> well, I think I think that bears to mention that. I don't consider myself, there are people that are like massive fans of things, right? And they dedicate their lives to like Supernatural or Harry Potter, right? right? There's a woman that I know that I see at my work occasionally that every time I see her is wearing a Harry Potter shirt and it's a different Harry Potter shirt every time. And she has different socks. And And I mentioned it, I was like, man, you're always in Harry Potter stuff. And she's like, well, I'm a Hufflepuff. And I'm like, okay. This is. This well, I'm is, a Slytherin, but I. This is for real. Yeah. And that's why we get along. I'm a Slytherin as oh, well. That's good. See? Um, but I don't consider myself a, a super fan of pretty much anything, right? I, I've, I'm a part of a lot of different fandoms, but not to the point where I argue on the internet and like put the tattoos on my body. Yeah. Um, but I think if there was something that reaches to that height that I would consider myself that my biggest fandom. It's between Lord of the Rings and Star Trek, and I think Lord of the Rings edges it out. Which says a lot, because you You are a huge Trekkie. You know I love Star Trek a lot, but I don't think anything has has been so pivotal in my life as Lord of the Rings was. Yeah. Right. Um I I started reading Lord of the Rings in middle school when it was introduced to me by a friend, Stephanie. She listens to this podcast sometimes. Hello Stephanie. Um, hello Stephanie. And I've told her, I said, gosh, I got I, I I wrote her a letter like a year ago and was like, I have to thank you for getting me into Lord of the Rings. I well, said that's it was sweet. it was so well and it, it uh, actually I think it changed my perception on literature, you yeah. know, and how I read and how much I enjoyed reading. I think this was the first time where I really couldn't put books down and I started like thinking about them. Right. And thinking about the characters. And by the time it was over, I, I cried at the yeah. end of return of the King because the story was over and I was so sad that it was over. Uh, and then throughout the years I've, I've dived, dove, dove in to all of the kind of ancillary works of Tolkien, right? right. His lost tales, the Silmarillion. And I've read all of those, the Silmarillion I've read twice. Lord of the Rings, I've read probably at least a half dozen times Mm -hmm. and The Hobbit more than that. So I do come with a lot of love for this. I once had a plate. You know, those places you can go on dates where you make plates or like cups. Like color me mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they and then they burn it and you or what is that? I don't know what it's called. They kiln it. Kiln it. Burn it in the kiln. Put it in the kiln. Yeah. And then it glaze it and then you go pick it up in a week. what I did. And Lindsay and I did that like really early into our marriage. It's a very early marriage date. Definitely. Yeah. And um, I I made a, a, I had a plate and the rim of the plate was the ring. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it had, I did all the- Elvish? Elvish inscription around around the rim of it. And then the center of the plate was, you know, Tolkien's uh, insignia. Yeah. The, the J-R-R-T yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all combined. I had that right in the center of the plate. It was very cool. Yes. Lindsay, Lindsay broke it. 
uh, she dropped it in the sink one day a couple years ago. I hope she apologized. Well, we don't have haven't spoken since. Okay, well that that explains a lot. That yeah. answers a lot of questions for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any and and I've got I've got Lord of the Rings memorabilia, right? Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. Lord of the Rings bookends. I've got early editions of the Lord of the Rings and some toys like in boxes that I've collected over the years. Right. I I think it's my biggest fandom. Yeah, I would say. Mm. My biggest fandoms are probably that and Harry Potter. Harry Potter more just nostalgia because I grew up with it. Uh-huh. But Lord of the Rings, I mean, that was really my first foray into fantasy. I read it every summer, like the Bible growing up. I, I This is so nerdy. I do have an entry from the diary that I did name Sam because he was my favorite character in the book of like just like begging this world to be real because I just wanted it so much. You wanted Wow. And then I've read Silmarillion a couple times. I haven't read The Lost Tales, which is, I'm glad that you have, because I have some questions to vaguely ask you on this podcast. But um, I appreciate what he does so much because I just don't, I can think of maybe one or two modern fantasy authors that have been able to break away from what Tolkien created and create their own fantasy. But I feel like, I mean, he revolutionized fantasy and anything after him is... They can't escape from it. Knock, even Harry Potter has knockoff stuff from Lord of the Rings. Just the breadth of what he created, it's it's unbelievable. I don't, it's beautiful. I don't think that there is fantasy that does not at least draw on the inspiration of Tolkien's work. Brandon Sanderson is the only one I've read who I thought, you've created your own characters. There's no journey. There's and, no... Yet, and yet his elves are very reminiscent of Tolkien's elves. He doesn't have elves. Sanderson? Yeah, what else? Oh, you know who I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of Salvatore, maybe. Oh, yeah, anyway, no, definitely, yeah. His, like, uh, dark drizzed, elves and yeah. stuff, yeah. No, okay. he definitely does. Okay, I'm thinking of Salvatore yeah. there. Um, at any rate, no, I, okay. So just, I mean, I mean Sanderson, Martin, Rothfuss, those are the big... Yeah, names right now. ...fantasy authors of the day, right? Um, but I, I think everybody, at least to some degree, pulls from this. Yeah. Pulls... From, how can you not? How I could mean, you it's not? it's so iconic. Did you know he created the word, let's see, it was elves, ending it in a V-E-S? I did not know that. Yeah. He said it sounded better. It sounded more proper as, a, as a people than elves. And it would for and the so elves he started elves. That's awesome. Yeah. And dwarves instead of dwarfs. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that something? That and is now, really cool. I mean, it's part of our language now. Yeah. Right. And he was a linguist. And, yeah. You know, and he was right. It does sound better. It sounds it sounds cleaner. And um, I had, let me ask you this. We, we've had filmed Lord of the Rings properties before. Three Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. Three Hobbit movies. Mm-hmm. Where do you come from? On those, I will always love books better than movies. Okay, unless we're talking about Roald Dahl. But I do love the Lord of the Rings movies. I think they're probably the only movies of books that I will watch and enjoy. I think they captured the books really well. They're a little darker than the books are, but I think they captured them well. The Hobbit, I think the first one was good, but then it train wrecked because they tried to take a children's book and make a trilogy. Mm-hmm. A 300-page book yeah. into three three-hour-long movies. Yeah, right? which was And everybody ridiculous. tends to agree yeah. with that for the most part. Uh, I, I do think that the Lord of the Rings trilogy is a masterpiece. Oh, it's phenomenal. I think it's a modern masterpiece. The music. The it, acting's great. The scenery, the cost, everything. It, in the way that few movies ever reach yes. masterpiece status, I think Lord of the Rings reaches. I agree. Um, it's up there in the all-time great movies, and and I think probably the best trilogy, the best series of movies, cohesively. I think ever. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's it, you can rank it easily. In some of the all-time greatest movies, I think so too. Ever, all three of them, amazing. There is not a there is not a bad moment in any no. of them. I don't think 
And like you said, it's everything about them. Yeah. Right. It was the perfect mix of cast, acting, Howard Shore's score. That captures it so well. The writing, yes. the cinematography, the action, everything about the changes that they did make from the book, which weren't many. No. Right. But there are some things they had to pull. Those are big books. Um I thought were good changes to make. I think they the I one, think they adapted them as perfectly as they ever could have possibly done. The one gripe I have with those movies that I think really would have made the story is if they had kept the Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadil. <laughs> I knew you were going to say Tom Bombadil. I knew you were going to say Tom Bombadil. And I think I think if Tolkien was alive, I think he would have said the same. Yeah. Bombadil was one of his favorite characters. I'm right? sure. I'm being sarcastic, but I think Tolkien really loved him. Well, and actually, I think just the music... And the the way that they shot those movies, it just had a magic that veering into the Rings of Power. There were a lot of things I really loved about it, but I feel like that just mystery and magic and being so completely engrossed in it, I didn't I didn't feel right was created. Well, and well. and I have to say, going into Rings of Power now, as we kind of you know transition yeah. this discussion into that, I think impossible shoes to fill. Well, especially because they were taking thousands and thousands of years of history to create a story out of wisps and rumors as opposed to a very well detailed story. So I mean Correct. they had harder yeah. they had a harder job to work with. The story too. here was footnotes. Yes. Basically, right? Yes. And so they're telling a story based off footnotes and it's not a bad story. I think there that there is a good story to be told yeah. here. And I think that they're doing a decent job of telling a good story here. Yeah. Um but I do think that the expectations of coming into this, I think for most people, set way too high right off the bat. Yeah. I think myself included to some degree because of my family and it's hard to go into a show like this unbiased when you like Lord of the Rings as much as you or I do, I think, yeah. right? Uh, but that being said, I still think, I mean, even looking at things as objectively as I can, right, and not not trying to look at it through the lens of a lifelong Tolkien fan, I still think they miss the mark on so much. And, yeah. And, and I could, and, and not to say that the show's all bad. No, I think it's right? a fun show. It's fun. And there are some really beautiful moments. Like, I think their, their scenery, there's this one elvish city. Oh, gosh, where Celebrimbor is. What's it called? Anyways, th- that and like the island of Numenor, that they're, they're beautiful. Numen, the first time they pull into Numenor. Oh, it's stunning. And, and it's not just that, right? It's every moment of this show is beautiful. Filmed to absolute perfection. Yes. Created to absolute perfection perfection and it looks better than 95% of movies I've yeah. seen, right? This is movie quality work, movie quality effects and cinematography and filming and you watch it on, you know, it's it's a prime original show and all their original shows are like filmed in 4K, UHD, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And you watch it on a big TV and it's hard not to just be like pulled in by that yeah. immediately. The lighting is just beautiful wild and there's a scene in shoot episode six i think where galadriel is riding riding on a horse Mm -hmm. and starts kind of swinging a sword around and it gets (laughs) all in slow motion for just a minute oh that's awesome and it's just wild yeah i mean it's incredible to watch yeah they they've done a fantastic job i think it's been beautiful to watch for any writer right i think that your best writing is when you have a very focused story because they're taking three thousand years three thousand years uh, what what would be the correct way to say that of history and compiling it into a show that we Mm -hmm. can watch and overlapping it. Mm -hmm. And so you have so many different things going on. So I just think it's a, it's a, it's a tough job and it's just not going to feel as focused and magical as when you have just a poignant story of just a small group trying to get a ring into a volcano. It's really tough. Yeah, it's really tough. And 
I do think that it struggles a lot with staying on track with this story. Mm-hmm. Right now, I, I think very similar to Lord of the Rings, we're following multiple different people at multiple times throughout the show. And you'll you'll be in the perspective of one set of people for five to ten minutes and then switch and you'll go right. somewhere across an entire continent somewhere and watch something else. And that's fine. I'm OK with that. But I, I don't think that equal importance is placed efficiently on each set of characters in this show. And I don't think that equal, ample, ample attention is applied to each set of characters on this show. Yeah. And that makes for a, a really oddly paced show. I think specific, specifically here talking about Bronwyn, the human who's in love with Arondir, Arondir, the elf. Yeah. This storyline for me does nothing. Well, plus, I may not to get nerdy. And if you're a huge, huge Tolkien fan and listen, and I ever say anything wrong, I apologize. Part of the reason Arwen and Aragorn were so remarkable in their love was I don't think there had been a real love between an elf and human since Baron and Luthien. And so the fact that there's just this other casual human that's not that's not elf, perfectly is that true. not perfectly true? Is there no. another one? Well, Elrond is half elf, half half human because by of... canon, both of his parents are half elf, or both of his parents were one elf, one human. Right, hold on now. Hold on. Both of his parents were half elf as well and married, and both of their parents were elf human pairs. Does that make sense? Okay, so it's Baron and Luthien, and then there's the one who's like has one of the Silmarils in the sky. Mm-hmm. So but, there's a there's a few. And they make a point of that in the show, but they never make a point to bring out Elrond as a half elf, half human. And I'm thinking that they're probably just erasing that from canon. Which is fine. But it's I, fine. I do know that was that was a big deal, is that because those two couples, Baron and Luthien are huge. And then I can't remember the other couple, but I know the one That's he the has a Silmaril. That's the story of Tolkien and his yeah. wife. I, 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 I know she's based off Roughly, of yes, yeah, yes, I yes. Mean. Loosely. <laughs> I and know. I want to say I don't her, know how they're running into her grave has Luthien inscribed on it. Oh, really? I believe so. Yes. And then the other couple, I mean, he had he has a Silmaril and he's like floating in the sky. It's like a star now. And so there are these huge iconic couples. And so Aragorn and Arwen was, I think, unprecedented before then. And so this I don't mostly. Yes. So you have this other couple that's just kind of thrown in there because people love a good romance. People and love a good. And I that's don't care. fine. And I can I can take a romance, yeah. too. And I, th- I think that Lord of the Rings benefited from having a romance in it. I think that the romance between Aragorn and Arwen is fantastic. And I think the payoff for that at the end of the show end of the movies, excuse me, is wonderful. Where Aragorn ends up, where Arwen ends up, yeah. and the final scenes are just wonderful as that pays out. Um, this doesn't do that, unfortunately. This storyline, I think, ultimately does nothing for me. I don't even think it leads to a satisfying place at the end. No. And I think had it, you know, by the eighth or ninth episode of this season, I would have been much happier with it. Most of the other most of the other storylines I'm okay with. A lot of people are having problem with the Harfoots, these these yeah, yeah, yeah. proto hobbits, right? I'm mostly okay with the hard. They were nomads before they finally settled. I think right. it was well, and, and they, I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with the Harfoots. I do think that they're in there mostly as a fan servicey type thing. People want to see hobbits. People know hobbits, right? And so we can put them in because they don't do anything important. Well, okay, they are the... around important things and seeing important things, but not doing anything right. important. And so uh, it's fine. I get it. I think the actors that are playing the Harfoots are super charming. Oh, they're so cute. Well written. Nori I, and Poppy are so cute. I like what's going on there. Um, and then I think the. The storyline with Galadriel mostly works. I think that there's some poor writing around Galadriel and just trying to make her be the toughest, meanest elf you've ever seen. Yeah, I think... 
she loses some dimension with that, which Definitely is fine. Definitely does. I think, I think the reason Lord of the Rings you care so much about the different stories is because it starts off as one, and so you have time to see them all have relationships and get invested in them, and then when they break off. You're curious now about where they're going and how they're all still going to help reach this goal of getting Frodo to Mordor. In the show, they don't all start off as one, so you don't know these characters as well. You're not as invested in them. It's a bunch of fragmented stories, and so it's harder to get that real buy-in that you would have right. With, right. With, with the other story. Which is why I think, like, again, the Harfoots feels real random. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe in the second series they have great—I mean, there's— Obviously, a big part that's going to hint towards a bigger reveal, but I, I think it's just harder. There's not the the buy-in with all these characters. So, what what part of this series works best for you? Um, probably for me, Elrond and Mithril and him working with with in, Durin during the fourth and all of that because to me that feels the most true to that's what the is best in appendices yeah. and also Elrond is probably my biggest pet peeve with. Like my real pet peeve with the Lord of the Rings movies, this Elrond I think is lovely. I love him. No kidding. Yes. That is a hot take. Well, I, Elrond, Hugo, Hugo Weaving, yeah. He plays him as like this mean, mean guy. And I think that's not how he was. Well, he the, was, okay. He's so grumpy. He's I can such see a that. matrix villain. That's he's, what I see him all the time. He's a matrix villain, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the red skull for yeah. heaven's sake. Um, that's that's interesting. That's yeah. a that's a hot take. I don't mind this Elrond. I know a lot of I people. I love this Elrond. A lot of people kind of did. I think he's fine, but I do think that the relationship between him and Durin yes is fantastic. I love it. And this seems to be the part of the show that is so well fleshed out. Well, and again, it's because it has Mithril and it has right. Moria and There's it has a... all of these things that we have more details from Tolkien for. They're and just creating stories. Durin and Elrond yes. are names we know. Yes. Going into this. And Durin's ancestors, I mean, that's the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. That's Gimli. I mean, exactly. that plays part, parts Exactly. Later. And that's fantastic. It's fun to watch. It's yeah. good to watch. I also think that it makes really good storytelling in these scenes. There's not a lot of telling about the dwarves. Right. But there's a lot of showing yeah. with the dwarves. And that's what I like to see. I don't want four people sitting around telling me yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the dwarves don't do that. No. You see with the dwarves, you get their way of life. You understand their structure and their hierarchy just by the way they're doing things. Yeah. How important the rocks are to them, the stone, the earth, the mithril, right? Yeah. You understand that just as the course of the show goes along. And that was really, really well done. Yeah. I love there's one scene between Elrond and Durin, and it's when Elrond is coming back and Durin's all upset because he hasn't seen him in 20 years. And they have this discussion of where Elrond's like, oh, that's essentially he doesn't say he's much kinder than this, but essentially like, well, that's no time at all to me. Like 20 years is a blink of an eye to me. But for you, that feels like a substantial amount of time. It's a cool discussion just talking about how the different races work. Exactly. And I liked it. And again, this is a callback to Lord of the Rings, right? Mm -hmm. The the Legolas and Gimli friendship that blossoms, two races that typically don't mix and blossoms well. Good callback. Yeah. I'll take it. Yes. I will also say, Another favorite scene of mine, as the Harfoots begin traveling and they sing this song. Yes, Poppy sings it. Wow. Oh, it's beautiful. And then showing them go travel. You know what? You know what? I was going to put the theme song in as the beginning of this episode. Put her. Yep. We're putting in that song at the beat. So you've heard it. But if you've got to this far in the episode, you've heard this song already. You know, I, I've really got mixed feelings about the show. I will say this. Yeah. That I think as we look back on season one now and did not love everything about season one, 
where season one ended, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. I think they're messing with lore a lot. The what what is already established in Tolkien's universe through his literary works. I think they're messing with that a lot. I think they're changing things. But I think as the show continues forward, I think they are setting up for something really cool yeah. that I'll really enjoy to watch. Even though I didn't completely enjoy the first season, I think that the season will be looked back on fondly as a prequel season, right? Yeah. As a season that sets up the rest of the show. And, and when people say, you know, my kids 15 years from now say, Dad, should I go back and watch The Rings of Power? I'll say, yes, just so you know the first season was rough yeah uh but watch it because it sets up a lot of a lot of relationship stuff that plays off later later. i do think at least i hope that that's the case here because by the time it was over i was happy with it yeah enough um but i think it will be looked back on fondly i reread the silmarillion in preparation i read all the appendices that's you know so few people have read the silmarillion it's so good i've read it twice and i love it it's it makes you realize why the elves are so sad because they had such a rich beautiful history and it's just demolished isn't it wonderful yeah and so you oh. anyways it's so beautiful you realize how small a part lord of the rings really plays anyways i so i went in and when i saw how quickly they were the timeline was not true at all and nothing was what i had read i had to get over that yeah. and once i just went in it and thought just enjoy the show then it was fine i um I realized that they do not have the rights to Silmarillion. They do not have and the so rights to Silmarillion. I think that's part of they why... They have a, a very narrow window of yes. things that they're allowed to do and say in this show, which I think is working against it as well. Yes. Yeah. I think that's The a, Tolkien a estate bummer. is notoriously stingy with how it deals with its properties. Yeah, which I respect because it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything we talk about on the Media Files, we do give a very utterly arbitrary rating to. Kaylee, how do you arbitrarily rate the Rings of Power? I give it a dwarven ring. It's not a train wreck like the human rings. It's not this wonderful power that stayed pure like the elven rings. Good. It's just a solid middle dwarven yeah. ring. You don't so hear about it. It's ring. fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a ring. I uh, I rate it a, a broken Lord of the Rings plate. <laughs> That's so heartbreaking. But you know what? It can be it can be reforged. Like there's still hope, I think. I've loved it. I've loved it. Uh-huh. I don't love it in its current yeah. state, right? <laughs> but it can be reforged. Yeah. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for where the show might go. How do you feel about we should have talked about this. How do you feel about Morphin Clark as Galadriel? I think just what we said, I think I think she's great. She doesn't bother the the storyline of her being tough. I know is controversial. I don't care about that. But I think in her effort to be tough, I think that she loses some dimension she yeah. could have had. Yeah. With going over more. You know, You're not wrong. There's like a lot of brooding. Elven stuff. A lot know. of brooding. Poorly written Batman type. Yes. Attitude going on yeah. here. Yeah. You're so absolutely she's right. She's fine. Absolutely right. Well, the listeners in the media files are getting a lot of fantasy because back to back we're going House House of the Dragon next Which week. Which you will not stop raving about, so I, I'm excited yeah, to listen. Spoiler alert. I like that show a lot. <laughs> I think you liked it more than The Rings of Power. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's a good one. It's a good show. You gotta watch it. Okay, I'll check it out. And we'll have Bedroth on for that episode. But until then, we want to thank you for sticking around to this episode. And thank you again, Kaylee, for of being course. here this week. Happy to be invited. The Media Files is provided by RPGera.com. Technical assistance is provided by Brian. And the producers are Jexac and Zanku. I'm on Instagram at Brewstoff. That's at B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H or the RPG Air Discord with the link in the show description. Reach out to us with what you're looking forward to. And until next time, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later.
Oh yeah.